Religion Declaration on Medical Mandates, Biblical Ethics, and Authority seeks to equip local churches and their officers in providing transparency on where they stand and uh, to assist uh, individuals who are being mistreated in their churches with a well-ordered summary of belief in this regard with a tendency to over-attribute power and jurisdiction to the state. Oftentimes churches have defaulted to almost reflexively acquiescing to whatever government agency statements are made and the policies that they put in place. And as a result, rather than leading on these issues, pastors often become little more than mouthpieces for government. The rationale given is usually disjointed, unbalanced, and confused. So says the preamble to the Warrington Declaration on Medical Mandates, Biblical Ethics, and Authority. And that's what we're talking about today on the Faith Debate. Good morning. Thanks for spending part of your Sunday morning to us. If you're uh, with us, if you're listening to us on WFMD 9:30 a.m. on your radio dial, or uh, whatever day you're listening to this on podcast, good day to you. Again, I'm Troy Skinner, the uh, host of this show and pastor of Household of Faith in Christ. You can find uh, me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Connect to all my social media and all that sort of stuff. Join this week, as has uh, become a habit over these last couple of years, by Daniel Forsey, who is uh, also a pastor in the area. He's got a multi-location church in the Potomac region. Uh, if you want to check out his church, get in touch with me. I'll put you in touch with him, and he'll tell you where he's whacking a mole this week, because they're the whack-a-mole church. You never know where they're going to pop up. And then Daniel Rasby is with us as well. He's uh, uh, with a church in Thurmont. So if you're up that way and looking for a house church, uh, or any church really, I guess, but uh, particularly for a house church, let me know. I can hook you up with uh, with Daniel and Imran and their church there. And they've got a ministry that has a website as well, conqueredbylove.org. Conquered by Love Ministries uh, is um, their entity that they created a number of years ago that helps focus on family and marriage matters and that sort of thing. So the Warrington Declaration on Medical Mandates, Biblical Ethics, and Authority came out in 2021, so it's not that long ago. Some of the statements we've done in this series of looking at Christian statements go all the way back to like almost 50 years ago, so 40-plus years ago anyway. So this one's going to feel rather current to us, I think, even though what it was addressing has kind of past as far as the most intense form of it but uh, don't speak too soon for now. but it's still there and <laughs> who knows we do record this show in advance by the time this airs <laughs> who knows what might befall us so i'm going to read the declaration uh, COVID you know, 25 what's that covid 25 yeah right uh the declaration you know section at a time here and we'll see what what we have to what we think about it as uh, as a group of local pastors so section one is on authority Um, Roman numeral one, we affirm that all authority in heaven and on earth has been bestowed upon God, the Son, Christ Jesus. And they got some proof texts there. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Oh, yes, without reservation. And they're starting there because that's going to be the foundation for the rest of their argument, right? It's not about what the government says or what the, uh, the, the elite experts have to say. God and his Son, Jesus Christ, that's the authority. And I, I think the... Uh, the part that gets easily forgotten is the on earth mm. part, right? The in heaven, yes. Okay, we all readily affirm that as Christians, and what we tend to forget is that 
It's and not on earth. just in heaven, but on earth as well. Yeah, on so earth. Uh, every, everything, not just unseen, but also seen. And that's, that's quite, kind of the argument that a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you have you can practice your religion as much as you want. You know, you, you do you, you worship whatever. I mean, just, as long as it doesn't affect me on earth. But, you know, right. if you're going to be here on earth telling me what to do, then, then that's, that's well, wrong. You, you take the earth part out and you get Gnosticism. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's just... And on earth or means, religion. it also means sure. on lakes, rivers, and oceans, and seas, and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> Roman numeral two. We affirm that delegated earthly authorities have been instituted by God as his servants to function as a blessing to those in their jurisdiction. Through, well, three very important words right there. Through their godly governance and rule according to God's law and in obedience to Christ. These may be civil authorities, ecclesiastical authorities, vocational authorities, familial authorities, and self-governing individuals. There's a lot there, man. They, they, this, I feel like, is more sharply written than some of the other statements that we've been reading. Because listen to these. I mean, these are it's, power it's words. It's packed and pointed, yeah. Yeah, the, the delegated earthly authorities who have been instituted by God as his servants— to function as a blessing to those who are in their jurisdiction, staying in their lanes, right? Mm -hmm. Through their godly governance and rule. Godly governance. According okay. to God's law and obedience to Christ. I mean, bang, bang, bang. This is like a machine gun coming at us right here. This is good stuff. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's accurate. Uh, there's a lot of proof text in here, which I encourage you to go to the, the Warrington Declaration or WarringtonDeclaration.com, and it'll, you'll see all the proof text there. Yeah, Psalms, Romans, uh, Hebrews, uh, a lot of them, the ones you would expect, I guess. Romans 13, for sure, is uh, in view here. So number three, uh, by the way, I didn't give you a chance to opine if you had anything to throw in there, David. <coughs> number two. Um. No, I mean, just, just kind of looking over it, right, just a, a reminder that uh, it all – I well, one, I, I wonder if there are any authorities that are in place that are not – Oh, because they list some of them, and you're like, are, are there any missing? Is that what you're wondering? Right, right. Well, are, are, can authority – an authority exist that is not in some way God – Place like yeah, are these uh, are these exhaustive categories here? No civil. So we're talking about government there, right. ecclesiastical, church authority, vocational, like your boss at work, right? Familial, you know, dad, mom, they're they're in charge of the kids, right? And then whatever, and then you have to govern you have yourself, over your own self. Yeah, I can't I, think of anything others that could be missing, but yeah, you know, I mean, but, unless there's a militaristic type thing, you know which is sort of civil authorities, but sometimes right. military is considered separate from civil government. Yeah, it might be that could be vocational as well, the chain of command, because it's your job to be the soldier. Depending or on how, yeah. you, how you fit in, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think the point that they're trying to, again, going back to number one, is it's all, all authorities are seen and unseen, fall and under the authority of Christ and are... are supposed to be subservient to him and the fact that they've delineated them like this they're setting things up like look there are these lanes right i think they're setting up their argument for later by making this point mm. early so we're going to see how you know the uh the vocational authorities can't tell the government what to do kind of thing 
um, should the government be telling the vocational authorities what to do? Right? That's a more interesting question in today's day and age. But all right, so number, yeah. th- number three, are we good for, to go to number three? Sure. We affirm that to ascribe total jurisdiction to any human authority is idolatry. Since this kind of unlimited authority is reserved only for Christ Jesus, this establishes limits to the jurisdictional authority of a subordinate, of all subordinate offices that exist under the authority of Christ. And that human authority includes the Pope, even though the Catholics would like you to think that the Pope is God's voice on earth. Yeah, 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 they would, but I would say they would add the caveat only when he is officially putting forward like a, a some sort of a papal edict, right? Like the, like when Pope Francis says something idiotic on a plane, he's not necessarily speaking as the vicar of Christ in that moment. They would they, right. they would defend their tradition by saying, "No, that's just him being a whack." They wouldn't say that, but uh but if he it's, officially puts out a papal bull or something, then that's he's speaking for Christ. Like 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 with the the president unless it's a uh unless it's a signed document, it doesn't it's not official, really. Whatever he may say in whatever circumstances. Whatever he may say. Right. In whatever circumstances. You're not, so politically it's correct. Not, it's not a, it's not official unless it's signed, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm beginning to wonder if our current sitting president is uh, is is charismatic because he seems to be speaking in tongues a lot lately. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, number four. Right? There's not. Uh, is there anything? Well, I, I guess I didn't give Daniel. I'm moving on so quickly. I, no, I, I I think that's that's correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I I feel like this is going to focus primarily on civil civil authorities, but I think it's. I think we can make the point, right? Like this, uh, to uh, ascribe total jurisdiction, say to uh, one governing, you know, right, self-governing, right? To say that I have total jurisdiction over myself to make whatever choices and decisions and determinations, right? Is is idolatry? Which, we, I, yes, you know, we see a lot of that yes, in our we society do. today. Just a little bit. So, so I, I, it's if not, you look really hard for it, you might find. So, it. so, so if you if you start there with idolatry, I'm not. It's not going to be surprising to see idolatry in every single one of these areas in our society. So, I think these first three are really just laying the foundation yeah. because now number four, we deny that the existing civil authorities have unlimited jurisdiction. Ba boom. So they're setting all the first three were setting up number four. Yep. <laughs> Civil authorities are not God. And that's almost heresy in today's world. Right. Right? We live in a secular humanist uh the state, the total state, this you know, is well, uh, some, the some deep logical, state is in charge. Well some logical secular humanists would say, Well, they do have limits. We have a constitution and you can't violate the constitution. Except when they choose to. Well, there's that, but <laughs> but they would say, I mean, I mean, a, a, a constitutionalist would say that, oh, yeah, sure, a secular civil government has limits, but they're placed by the people who also. Yeah, and that's, that would be the uh, kind of the old school, traditional American conservative view. The problem, of course, now is that old school view is not the current reality. So really the only limits that the civil authorities um, – will ascribe themselves to are self-imposed. And it's usually, in my in my view, it's because of timing issues. Like, the public's not ready for this yet. 
let's 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 control the narrative a little longer so that we can then do what we want. I don't think they feel constrained by the Constitution. They don't feel constrained by the teachings of the church. They don't feel constrained by like anything is how it feels. And I think that's why this was written, because they're like, hey, I think that's what the government feels like. And we're going to tell them, no, feel again. <laughs> you right. know, you're not feeling what you think you feel. Feel again. So, all right, so number five is might be the longest darn statement or uh, <laughs> uh, what, are, what are these little bullet points called? Paragraphs. Paragraph sections. <laughs> the longest one in the whole thing, I think. Taking a deep breath. We affirm that the scriptural jurisdictional limits of delegated human authority are also established by good and necessary consequence, given that various offices are said in Scripture to be required to be obeyed in everything. And there's some proof texts. The sense in which in everything is used in these verses cannot mean that obedience is obligatory for all commands, regardless of their morality, since Scripture also teaches Christian disobedience to sinful or abusive commands. And that's a proof text. In everything also cannot mean that obedience is obligatory for all non-sinful commands, since Scripture also establishes multiple offices of human authority. And there's some proof text, and that's a really important part of this paragraph. Mm -hmm. These offices may at times conflict, thus requiring Christians to consider which authority is acting within their rightful jurisdiction to determine if obedience is required. Mm, loving that. Thus, commands to obey in everything must refer to the obligation of Christians to obey all non-sinful commands of true authorities, which are also within the proper jurisdiction of the authority giving the command. But their language choice here is par excellence, right? I mean, <laughs> if I were editing this, I wouldn't know what to change. I, and well, they, there is a typo in, on those. Well, okay, on yeah, line. obey says, <laughs> they spelled obey as like obe. Christians do obe, all sinful. So there's a typo. But other, but other than that, <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, it's, really, it's very so, well written, so carefully crafted. I wonder who the primary, like, who the Thomas Jefferson of this is. <laughs> because it's really, really done well so far. So, so very good. Yeah. So, other than my 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 uh, fanboying over the uh, the quality <laughs> of, the, of the writing and the arg the style of the argument, what do you guys think about the content? I think that's that the the most important uh, section here, which a lot of times Christians don't spend enough time considering, is that second half. Because the first half, you know, we must obey God rather than men. That's one of the proof texts they linked there, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah, obviously, if the government tells you to do something that God commands you not to do, like, let's take an obvious one. Bow down and worship this idol, this false god. Bow down to Baal. Well, no, you should be killed rather than do that, right? Everybody agrees. If you're a Christian, you understand at least don't uh, blatantly worship a false god because the government commanded you to do so. So we got that out of the way, and then there's various degrees to which you could say that you're obeying God rather than men. But that's not really the, the most interesting part I think of this because most Christians forget that there are multiple spheres of jur and, and jurisdiction with which we, we're all under several sets of authority and they may conflict at times and then how do you resolve those conflicts the way and, and they accurately say here I think the way you resolve the conflict is you determine first which of them is acting within their own jurisdictional authority um, because there should be no conflicts. God is the one that created those spheres of authority. And so God gave us a way to resolve those conflicts, which is well, everybody's got to stay in their lane, right? 
And so how do you determine who is acting within their authority? And I think um, maybe they'll get to the how and the why, but that's, that's an important point. And most people don't even stop to think about that. Yeah, and I think this paragraph might be talking to like the Todd Friels of the world. Todd Friel a few years back, you know, uh, infamously in my view, said that, hey, if the government told me to put spinning pinwheels on the sides of my heads before I could go out of my house, and then I'd wear spinning pinwheels on the side of my head. And it ignores the point like, does the, is that within the jurisdiction of the government's authority? That, and that may be more of a self-governance issue than a civil government's issue? So I think that, that kind of argumentation is part of what goes Actually, often, I, would, I, I, would, uh, I would go one level higher. I'd probably say that that's the familial jurisdiction because I think what you wear, such as spinning pinwheels on the sides of your head, that speaks to the honor of your family and how you portray yourself as a Skinner. Your last name is Skinner. You're the family Skinner. And when you go out in public, you need to represent what a Skinner looks like. And it needs to not be shameful. It needs to be honorable. Right. And I think people have lost that in our culture. They say, oh, no, I can dress how I want. This is just about me. I, this is comfortable. I feel like going out in ratty jeans and, and a T-shirt just all day long to the well, fancy ball. Yeah, I, no, you're not representing your family in uh, appropriately. So I think that's not yeah. so much an individual thing in, to your, for your specific example. Right, yeah. yeah. I was speaking off the cup, but yeah, yours is a more pointed and better. And uh, I mean, what you wear also, I think, falls under, uh, under God's jurisdiction. Well, sure, there's well. sinful things that you could know. be wearing. I, I, agree, I think we all agree with that. But and, and in, has, in this has, case of something that's And has God really, made you male or female? And yeah, are that's you, true. You should, are you, there is a verse that speaks to that. It says, do not wear the clothing of the opposite gender. It's very specific. Um, are, you, are you owning the... the yeah, are, are you owning the person that God has made you to be? Mm-hmm. Right, so, so yeah. And, and that's, that's male, if we're talking to you, but it's also... Um, Forcey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, for God sure. has made you part of your family. And so part of the way you carry yourself in public, not just the way you wear, but the, uh, thing, but how you act and, yeah. and, and or, carry yourself. You know, or, uh, you know, if you uh, – and it's interesting how this one example uh, of, of what you wear can at different times and in different ways fall under various jurisdictions, right? So if you are going to work at a certain place – Mm-hmm. then you are going to submit to their dress code. Right. Right, and so then that falls under vocational authority. Although school dress codes were just uh, struck down by the Supreme Court. But you understand what I'm I saying. Like, you know, at, at, you know, and, and yeah, and so then what do you do? So it, it's kind of a playful example because it was, it was meant as an obtuse example by Todd Friel. By the way, for the record, Todd Friel with wretched... Ministries, wretched radio, wretched TVs. We have all these different. Okay, that's, that's what he calls this thing. Wretched. He's very solid, almost all the time. He's really good on a. I agree with him on most. I think he's really solid biblical. He's a really good guy. He's a he's a wonderful street evangelist. Uh, he knows how to connect with the, the younger elements of the culture better than somebody like me. Uh, he used to be a stand-up comic years ago, and he uses some of those skill sets to to help him communicate. He's very solid. I'm not sure I agree with him on his eschatology, and I definitely don't agree with him on this. Because what do you do if the government, the civil government, says, David Forsey, you must wear spinning pinwheels on your head, and your boss says, David, if you show up to work with spinning wheel, pinwheels on your head, you're fired. Then what do you do? Right. Or if your church says, David, it's a sin to wear spinning pinwheels, <laughs> uh, pinwheels on your head. Well, then that's easier. But they say, well, it's probably not the wisest thing because you might be disrespecting your family. What does your wife think? 
what do you do? You know, all these different spheres. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this one little example, it touches on on all these areas, and we got to navigate that biblically and not just have this. Because for years, growing up, it wasn't until the whole uh, COV uh, ID. I'm trying to avoid any sort of. Uh, you know, tech monster uh, uh, problems later on with uh, the podcast version of this. It wasn't until then that things began to change of what you heard pastors saying. Up until a few years ago, R.C. Sproul, one of the great heroes of the faith, in my opinion, of the last generation, he was on record saying, you know, whatever the government tells you to do, if it's not a sin, you do it. It was R.C. Sproul. Right. And I thought like that for a long time, and now I'm realizing yeah. R.C. Sproul had a blind spot because we were living in a sweet spot in, in world history where the government wasn't telling us to do ridiculous things or horrible things. Or it, 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 Exactly. It was like you could, you could kind of wink and nod at things or whatever. It, 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 when I was a kid, it was there, a very, there, were, there were things of very little consequence. Yeah, because when I was a kid, it was, except, it was a common except phrase. Except in principle. <laughs> you would hear all the time, well, it's a free country, ain't it? You don't hear that so much anymore. Yeah. And so R.C. Sproul was speaking in the context of, well, it's a free country. I, I think your, your view is different on that. Anyway, you have anything else to say on number five, by the way? No, I, I would like to see where they go with how do you determine which sphere is, is acting in their proper j- jurisdiction. And okay. So we'll, we'll get to that, hopefully. Well, we will. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we've got about four-ish minutes maybe left in this. So we'll see if we can get through number six at least for today. We deny the biblical commands to obey authorities, whether civil, ecclesiastical, familial, or vocational in everything, can be construed to negate the roles of their respective jurisdictions, which Scripture also teaches. We were kind of talking about this already. If, if one area can then supersede another areas, of, we were talking about if, you're, if your boss says, I don't care what the government says, this is what you're doing, right? That, that's kind of what this is getting at, isn't it? If one can... Over, over override the respective jurisdiction of somebody else to negate their role. Isn't that what they're saying there? That's how I'm understanding mm-hmm. it anyway. Right. Yeah, you so, can't override somebody else's if they have more authority in that area. Uh, yeah, are they saying if they have more authority in that area, or are they saying that there is no overlap, actually? I think the people here are making the case that there is no overlap. I'm not so sure that there isn't an overlap. I mean, just take the... the, the uh, Clothing, for example, right? There's overlap because God tells you not to wear woman's clothing, but then your boss tells you to wear the company uniform, and then your wife tells you she doesn't like the color. Like, there's a lot of different, all of which may be very legitimate uh, um, things. Obviously, God's uh, first command to not wear a woman's clothing is, is, takes precedence. So if your work commands you to wear a dress, then you're not going to. Um, and then you have to balance your ability to provide for your family based on how it makes your wife feel, I guess. I don't know, but maybe she, her her um, desire should be more uh, prominent. How, the work. how did you know that my wife does not like the color of this shirt, Daniel? I took a wild <laughs> guess. I'm colorblind, so let the record reflect that I have no idea what color your shirt is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well... Uh, we've got a couple minutes left. I want to ask I, this. I, I oh, do. You, you I do have okay, good. something. In it. Well, I I think. Um, well, so I, again, like I I don't think, I I don't think those necessarily overlap. So, um, because all the things we do can be done in different spheres, right? So I can I wear different clothes 
to different events, right, in different places, right, all all as appropriate for that thing. So I, I don't know that that means that there's an an overlap in authority because it that's more time based, maybe than it but, is. But there are there are things that that are timeless, like the command to not wear a dress, for example. Yeah. Well, God isn't one of the right. God is over all of these, right? Right. That's true. So that in that sense, right? Like he is he overlaps everything mm-hmm. and is determining where the spheres are. That's true. All right, we're going to begin to draw to a close, but I wanted to follow up on something Daniel said a couple minutes ago, and I'll ask you, David, if you had to talk with your son or your sons or your daughters and said, hey, forces don't do that. Have you had that? Have you had that conversation? Uh, Did Dad ever tell you? Maybe maybe not. Daniel, Razvies don't do that. Yeah. That's not what Razvies are about. You ever had that conversation? I, I we we can talk about it some more. I, <laughs> I, I think my approach is a little different. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, that might be part of the bonus coverage in between episodes. <laughs> I don't know if you're watching it on the on the stream, uh, um, not not the audio portion, but the video where portion. People say subscribe to us on Patreon or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. No, we're not savvy <laughs> enough to figure out how to get make the, money on this. Get the bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, we're following the Dorian principle on this. We're not trying to make money on sharing the truth of God's word and the gospel, I guess. So, but anyway, so we're going to wrap up here. This is the Faith Debate. Thank you, uh, Daniel Rasby, uh, David Forsey. I'm Troy Skinner. Find me online at Household of Faith in Christ. Dot com. Uh, you can find, of course, this show on the radio station at WFMD.com. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.